<laughs> that was uh, that was a bit more subtle uh, it's compared not, it's to not last time. It's not my usual one, is it? Yeah, you normally startle the audience, yeah, but it, in a good way. In a good way. Hello, everyone. Hi, welcome back to the Ulip Music Show with myself, Harry. And I'm Joe. And today we are here talking about. Well, we're kind of stealing a concept almost. Uh, well, we're definitely stealing a concept from BBC Radio, one of the BBC radios. It's kind of like it's kind of like that. But it's also like our own sort of... It's our own take on Desert, Desert Island, Island Discs. discs. Hey, that Jeez. was insane. <laughs> we didn't even plan that. That was beautiful. Yeah. I was looking into this, and it turns out that this has been going on way longer than I thought. It's been going on for ages, isn't it? Since 1942. Jesus. In the middle of the war, this started. Wow. That's, that's a bit mad. So I guess you've got nothing else to do. Yeah. Apart from like, <laughs> I don't know, talk about rationing and like talk about your favourite albums and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah, like they've done more than 3,000 episodes. They've wow. had people like be guests as well as hosts and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, a panel of broadcasting industry experts named this program the greatest radio program of all time. I mean, it's like, it's, it's kind of like a timeless concept because you'll never run out of content. Yeah, true. Because like, there'll always be new people that you can talk to. Exactly. I would so love many... to do those island discs. Yeah, It'll like to so go much. on and properly do it. Yeah, so we need to get fun. famous, Charles. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to be able to do it. But who knows, maybe through this we could do like, they could bring us on as like famous podcast hosts. Yeah, definitely. Th that could be us in a few years. So, we're kind of flipping the script on it slightly just because we are a primarily music focused podcast. Although we do talk about a few different other topics, the main focus is music. So, yeah. for us, we've decided, although it was quite difficult to decide, on three albums yeah. to discuss it three might to five three to five Harry. i was struggling a lot because when i was thinking about this over the past few days i had about a list of 20 yeah so you messaged was, me last night like joe i, went, like, I, I can't do three i'm struggling yeah three was an issue for me um i'm sure if i gave it a lot more thought and hopefully over the course of this i will be able to whittle them down i might just mention a few others that hold kind of significance if that's okay if you yeah. allow that marvelous uh so i've just got three you just <laughs> joe actually stuck to the rules and actually yeah. has three so well done i'm proud of you yeah thank you would you like to go first all right um i'm gonna do it in chronological order Ooh. I okay because i've got three i wanted to pick three that like encapsulated like my overarching musical tastes from Ooh. like my life okay which also like um so the first one is uh i don't know what year it's from but it's like the 50s i think it might be like 56 or 57 okay it's the birth of the cool by miles davis Ooh. um i chose this album but yeah it's like it's a big band album so he's got like what like few trumpets few trombones, few saxes, like a pro kind of orchestra thing. It's one of his first collaborations with Gil Evans, long-time collaborator who he did like um, a couple of, I can't remember off the top of my head, but did a couple of other records with and like this album, there's like a particular song called Venus de Milo, which like, do you know back in the day when like, so we used to have like some old like Mac desktop computer mm -hmm. and like my dad would like, we'd take loads of photos and then my dad would like put all the photos like on iPhoto and then he'd like make like a slideshow and put music to it <laughs> oh yeah like, like the, the windows photos. movie maker equipment yeah I guess, on exactly Mac. and like he, he 
I just remember like a few of them. He just did Venus de Milo by Miles Davis, and it's always just like the ba ba da ba 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 ba. Just really like remember it, and it was like one of the first albums that I kind of was like, yeah, I actually really like this album. And then like, I started when I started like getting a bit older and playing and learning solos and stuff like that. I I learned a few of the solos like, and then a few of like the jazz standards as well, like Jeru, Boblicity, all that sort of stuff. Start learning a couple of the solos off like um, I don't know move and rouge and deception and all that's a couple of those tracks and like it's i think it's just it's got that old timey quality about it mm-hmm. but like it's just it's like music f- for just relaxing you know mm-hmm. what i mean it makes me feel yeah, very yeah. relaxed it reminds me of being like six and going on holiday to devon and like when you literally have no cares in the mm. world it's just very like real like relaxed laid back album so yeah i think it might be f- it's not 58 i think it might be before that but anyway, yeah. So it like that's probably good. that's my first one. It's a fantastic album, and um, like Miles Davis over my life is just like he's like my favorite jazz musician, Ooh. which is like very cliche, but like I just it's like him, or, to your him or John Coltrane. Okay. Is, yeah, just because like just constantly listening to their music and like their discography and especially that Miles stuff from like the forties until like Spitz's Brew, like it's just kind of like categorized my life a lot. Wow. So I choose that. Okay. Definitely. Reminds me of my dad as well. Oh, that's yeah. lovely. Um, for because you mentioned something, and I've heard the term previous, but I've never fully understood what it meant. So hopefully you maybe be able to clarify. Yeah. What do you mean when you say jazz standard? So like, there are, there are like, from like a, for like a basic definition, mm-hmm. I would say like a jazz standard is like there's basically like a collection of tunes that like when you are a jazz musician you need to know right and this collection of tunes is like i mean it's like a good few hundred tunes but like so they're written by say like rogers and hammerstein and charlie parker and miles and like like gil evans and bill evans and cannibal adley and coltrane and all these songs that become like that people just cover Mm -hmm. and so they become like standards and stuff like that so you might get something like um they can't take that away from me like yeah. they can't take that away from me and then like there's if you look that up there's like hundreds of versions of that song by like hundreds of different people same thing with like all the things you are um mm-hmm. bye bye blackbird oh yeah all of these things that like people standard songs that like as a j- jazz musician you should know and you know how to you know how to do and like because they're, they're such classics they just keep getting used and used, right, and, used okay. and used that's how i would define it i'm probably not the most like informed uh like you had me person. convinced. So. Yeah, but like I think so. Songs like that. So a, a song like Boblicity, which is on that album, is like a jazz standard because like it's been p- played by loads of different people and like it's just like I feel like it's just like good tunes. Yeah. As well, like all like if you look in a you know like a real book, mm. like a lot of those in there are jazz standards and like they're all fucking great tunes. Ooh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. I think it's it's to do with like how long the tune like, stands the test of time, how many times it gets covered. And also maybe the accessibility of it. Mm-hmm. Some t- some tunes are hard, but some tunes like because they're hard, they're standards because they're hard. And once you get to a certain level and you learn that, then that's like a kind of like a level thing. Oh, like a lot okay. of like Charlie Parker stuff, like anthropology and all those things. Like mm-hmm. you learn these tunes, and then by learning those tunes, you learn technique, like right, essential okay. technique through learning the tunes. It kind of makes me think of like this might be completely wrong, but like graded pieces almost. It's like there's these certain like things i guess or like when you do because like you've 
done music exams and stuff yeah. previous. Yeah. Like there'll be certain pieces that will teach you particular techniques. But it's not. But it's not. I know it's not exactly the same. Yeah, it's not about like specific like heart strength and like mm. you only get to a certain one when you do it. Like I remember being not good enough to do. There's like a song called Arrogant, mm-hmm. which is like Nigeria backwards. I think it's by Sonny Rollins, and like it's really quick. Okay. And like. It's really, it's really hard, but like you, you just try them. Like, if, especially like I got my first real book when I was like starting doing jazz when I was like twelve, thirteen, and then mm-hmm. you see these tunes like you have no right to be playing, but yeah. they're jazz standards, and like you eventually like get enough technique to, to to work your way up and do them. So I guess it's kind of like, in a, in a sense, they are like graded pieces, but except like they come on there because like they are f- by their own merit in that sort of way. You know what right, I mean? Right. Okay. So yeah. Also, side note: grades are the worst thing I ever did. <laughs> like, I feel I, that. Yeah, I yeah, hate yeah. It. Like, I hated them. I understand that it's about like building up your technique and all that sort of stuff. But like, there are, there are so many musicians who've never done a grade in their life who are better than like half of the musicians that did grade eight. Like, yeah, absolutely. You you get grade eight. Like I did grade eight. Like you just have to tick boxes. Mm. Like I feel like with jazz standards, it's really about like immersing yourself in the music mm. and like becoming what and like knowing who wrote it and the chord changes and why there are similar chord changes on certain songs and like like how to navigate stuff like it's more of like a a rounded learning for right. anyone rather than like grade standards which is just like a circle jerk for ABRSM. Like, <laughs> i don't know yeah no i feel that absolutely yeah. like i did a few as well just whilst we take a brief side note on that um what i did one to three are for piano and four and five for vocal singing yeah, however yeah. you want to refer to it yeah it was just a bit of a mixed bag like some of the pieces i really enjoyed like especially um grade four and grade five there were some really good pieces in that there was one i did that was actually about my hometown and i didn't even realize it's really a, it's a piece by well worcester about good old worcester well worcester. worcester in part so it's a piece called seven meadows by yeah. Ivor gurney and it's actually written or wrote about the River Severn that flows through uh, Worcester as well as other parts of the West Midlands. Yeah, yeah. Which was crazy. And, like, I didn't clock it at first. And then my, my teacher explained it to me. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is local. And you feel like, yeah. I don't know, it kind of changed my perception of it. And it made me feel kind of more impassioned to sing it. Mm-hmm. And it's such a beautiful piece. I'd highly, highly recommend a listen. Oh, nice. But, yeah, some of those were, like, I did mostly abrsm and i did one trinity yeah. trinity was so casual trinity was trinity was so chill yeah <laughs> it was like i did trinity till like grade five and then mm. switched like it was it was way more they gave you the choice on like certain things of like if you wanted to do like the sight reading which yeah. i hated like i know it's a really important skill but i never enjoyed it and it what was, was like the, it was like the sight reading or the oral yeah or the oral yeah so i yeah. picked the oral yeah, I used to do Trinity grades in Trinity College as well. Oh. Because obviously it's in Greenwich, so it's near me. Right. So, like, I'd go down there and do it and all that sort of stuff, and I'd be like, ah, you guys, this is fine. This is okay. <laughs> I get that. I had a um, yeah. final thing on that. I had in my grade two exam, partway through, I don't know why, it was, again, that casual. My, um, the person, the examiner, was speaking to me about, like, oh, which is your, like, favorite piece? And I said this, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, it was like a, a jazzy style piece. It yeah. was jazzy as grade two piano can be. Yeah. And um, it was actually like composed by my piano teacher. Yeah. Like he made it in the book. 
and my examiner was like so taken aback she was like oh wow that's so cool it's like that's your teacher and he's got that piece and I was like yeah <laughs> I, I just want to carry on with my exam man we're not here to like gawk over my teacher literally like, I don't, like, I'm in an exam I don't want to chat to you <laughs> like, <laughs> we can I'm, chat afterwards but I'm currently like I'm shitting bricks yeah, trying I'm to like enough already <laughs> yeah we can talk about exams and music yeah. lessons another time I think that could be um, definitely a good one but alright your first one then my first one I've also okay I've been trying to work through this list whilst you're saying your things I have been listening I know but I was trying to think <laughs> if not I, I will listen back <laughs> um, so I was also trying to go through in chronological order and this might be very left field but there is a very good reason for all of this so my first pick is an album from 2005 by a wonderful man who you probably know called Jack Johnson is it is in it, between dreams is in between dreams yes. oh yeah it's just I don't like I was listening through albums and stuff in the past couple of days and I was like scrolling through my Spotify and things and I was just getting all these different points of nostalgia and this was one Big. where it was like that just the entire album I can vibe to like yeah. there's all these different kind of like feelings and emotions through just like him playing guitar and it doesn't need to be very like it's complicated very, yeah definitely. but I also really like that like I remember sometimes when I came home during union things or say if it was like in the summer or something we'd like having music at like breakfast lunch dinner is like super important for us now that we finally learned that speakers are a thing yeah it took us long <laughs> enough um but like in the morning we would more often than not listen to this album and it just creates such a calming atmosphere and there's like all these different things sometimes they're like fun songs sometimes they're like slightly slower songs sometimes they're kind of in the middle when did you first hear it um ooh i think i heard better together just because it was i think the popular song from the album it was big but i also listened to it at a friend's house because he's really into like he's my like super talented friend shout out sam he's done like shout various <laughs> grade eights and things yeah. he knows his stuff <coughs> uh bless you thank you and <laughs> politeness on the podcast yeah we're very trying important to be <laughs> anyway um so yeah he also was a big fan of jack johnson i assume he is now i haven't heard too much of his more recent stuff i can't lie in like I in the in the 2010s but this particular album it just i think stuck with me because of all the just variety on it like it's not complex at all that's no offense to jack johnson but it's beautiful in how simple it is crazy that it's 2005 yeah that's mad it's mad to think that that's, that's insane. 16 years ago i feel like when like did you first say this in like secondary school or in, in primary school? in primary school in primary really yeah i yeah. didn't hear it until secondary school like banana pancakes and stuff like oh, that oh yeah it's yeah. like a warm hug as a song <laughs> like that's a wonderful way to describe it yeah absolutely it's it like is proper a warm surfer hug. nice guitar stuff mm -hmm. wasn't he was a professional surfer before wasn't he Ah. Uh, i think that's a good question. I have his Wikipedia up so I could tell you. I think he was a professional surfer. He was a former professional surfer. You were right. Yeah, and then got into it, which like makes so much sense about like how chill his music is. Yeah, he's all about the environment and sustainability. Yeah. Like he did I think he did like the the soundtrack for the Curious George film as well. I don't know. Really? If yeah. That's a throwback and a half. He was like a big sort of part Curious of Curious George. Uh where was it? Yeah, uh, 
sing-alongs and lullabies for the film Curious George in 2006. He got number one on the Billboard 200 with that album. Are you serious? Yep. Wow, man. The noughties was a crazy time. The noughties was a crazy time. The noughties was a crazy time, bro. You could get number one with a Curious George soundtrack. Listen, That's how... To be fair, our parents' generation, those motherfuckers got, like, banana ramas and top tens. <laughs> so, like, they can't chat to... They can't chat shit to us about, like, bad bad albums or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel that. Um, but, yeah, like, some particular songs that I really enjoyed. Obviously, Better Together, Banana Pancakes. Again, a warm hug. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bell, I think, is a really nice one. Although it's, like, an interlude, it gives me this very, like... Because I think there's an accordion in it well as well. Like, it gives a very Parisian cafe kind of feel to it. Yeah. I don't know if you know I don't know all of this. Song. No, I don't know. We'll listen to it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just so... Like, it's not even a long song. It's, like, a minute 45. Yeah. But it's just so, like, a different feeling. And Constellations, to end it, is very, like, just a really calming nice conclusion after you hear everything else that's also really nice and calming yeah so yeah just beautiful album throughout the entire way simple but great if you could pick out a standout song from it ooh just one most people will pick better together and I can understand that because I I think I did that for my GCSE music exam ooh like I did it what I did that and a piano duet with my uh, piano teacher because they were like, oh, you need a... Oh, no, I think it was for someone else. I needed, like, a group performance. Yeah. And it was for the Sam, uh, the guy who likes Jack Johnson, and my friend John as well. Yeah, yeah. And we were just like, what's a song we all know and can sort of vibe with? And we just pick better together because we all knew it. And yeah, it was, yeah. like, really simple and fun. But if I am to pick one, oh, it's too hard. i say Constellations. Constellations. I think it's really okay. nice, like, it's... It very much creates the feeling as described by the title. You could just sit there underneath, like, all the stars and just watch life go by. Yeah, yeah, Listening to this. Probably listening to the whole album. Yeah, definitely. And you would have a great time. 100%. Obviously, you can't do that now because of the 6 p.m. curfew. 6 p.m. curfew. Unless you're bad. (laughs) Unless you're bad, yeah. Or (laughs) if you're working late. Yeah, trust. Exactly. You can maybe do that, but we do not condone. Or you've got a nice roof. (laughs) <laughs> or if you have a nice roof, got a nice yeah. Roof, yeah. I, I don't have that luxury. I don't hear any. I'm on the top floor, but I can't access my roof. Same. So. It's such. It's, I feel like you should be able to access your roof. Just <laughs> if, like, if you're on the top floor, that should just be standing. It's Paris. Come on. Literally, it's all about the rooftops. Literally spent like days on end trying to access our roof during the lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Jeez. Anyway. Right. So that was my first. I will take it back to you for your second album. My second album is the 1973 classic. And uh, I thought you were about to say the 1975. I can't. No, <laughs> I was like, not. It's the nineteen seventy three classic Inner Visions by Stevie Wonder. Ooh. Um, another just like, just it's like I was saying in the po- in another podcast before. Like Stevie's one of those guys who means like the world to me mm-hmm. and his music. And it's like this period of time where I think it goes like, what does it go like? Inner Visions songs in the key of life talking book or something like that or like they're all around the same sort of like they were all released like the same sort of time period mm-hmm. i think it was yeah talking book inner visions and then songs in the key of life and then bef- even before um talking book you've got like music on my mind science still delivers 1970 but like inner visions just because a it was one of those songs that you put on in the car and listen to when you go on a long journey so we used to just listen to it it's funky as hell <laughs> 
it is just like incredible and also like big kind of like there's a big like social message in it as well from Stevie mm. and I think like especially in something like Je- Jesus Children of an America Jesus Children of America and, and living for the city and stuff like that the way in which he kind of describes encapsulates the time of like living in living in America as a black man but also like all the musical influences and stuff like that as well I think it's just like it's I, I think it's a perfect album to be honest with you no, there's not a song on here that is bad like there's not a song on here that's not a 10 out of 10 that's a that's Honestly, a hard take gosh like 100 percent. there's not a song on here that's like not a 10 out of 10 they're all and there's i used to hate the last track he's mr know-it-all i used to hate that track. oh that's a bop i, I love that song i used to really not like it i don't know why callum said to me the other day it's like oh it's because it's about you fuck off callum <laughs> um, <laughs> um but like it's just going back to it like time and time again because i always go back to it like it just, you cannot say anything bad about it. It is like a perfect, perfect album. And it comes as part of like that perfect trio of albums. Mm. Talking Book, In the Visions, and then he does Songs of the Key and Life, Songs of the Key of Life in 76. And it's like, he was just operating at maximum yeah, in that yeah. period of time. With all the, he's the epitome of the kind of musical movement at that time. And he, the music that Stevie was making, especially after having a, a, like a career like his where he was already, he'd already killed it in the 60s. Of like My Sharia Moore and all that sort of yeah, stuff. It's yeah. like 69 or 68. Like Damn. to then come and do all of that and then be like, oh, let's take it in another direction and do it again. Mm-hmm. Like it's just absolutely, fan- it's a fantastic, fantastic album. And like again, big nostalgia, big nostalgia. Big nostalgia. Reminds me of my family and stuff like that. So yeah, it's really good. Could Definitely. you could you pick a favorite track from said album? The one that stands out to me, mm-hmm. which just always oh. oh uh it's tough i know jesus children of america jesus children of america yeah okay just like it just it starts off with that with that piano and like it just develops and develops and develops and the backing singers on it are insane and like stevie on it is insane and it just rises and rises and rises and rises it's like Mm. it's and it's one of the things that I feel like you see and like my dad always used to say this to me and like when you see within this type of music it's like it's church man yeah. like it's just the the gospel influences and, and the R&B influences and all that sort of stuff that's that's what this album kind of encapsulates and puts it perfectly within this this thing and I think Jesus Children of America with the backing singers mm-hmm. and the way in which like Stevie ad-libs as well it's just absolutely ridiculous so I'd say yeah Jesus Children of America 100% Damn, that's, a, that's a good one um, yeah. I was thinking on the topic of Stevie there was there was an album which I discovered I think slightly later on it was a more modern album uh, A Time to Love I don't know that one um, I think it was I think maybe also in 2005 wow but it has it has some really good songs on there I can't lie like I it's Stevie man it's Stevie they're it's all got... good <laughs> they're all good I know I know I know but like he's just incredible I had no idea it was from like this period of time when was it let me let me pull it up uh 2004 2004 jesus Jeez. like there's um if your love cannot be moved is beautiful mm. like it's got this really like funky driving like beat to it it uses i think orchestral um instruments as well yeah what that sweet is somebody i know uh so what the fuss as well is really like just so funky it's ridiculous like there's there's some good ones in there like i 
haven't properly listened to the entire thing, but like those in particular, I feel like really nicely just yeah. showcase his ability and the fact that what we were talking about like my show you more from like 68 69, 68, 69. and he's still producing box like 2005 he's timeless he's absolutely timeless this guy is blind and plays all the instruments on all of his records he's insane he's oh he's, he's too good he's too good <laughs> he's, he's very very good. he's a testament to the longevity of musicianship man like mm-hmm. th- and that phrase you hear it bandied around all the time especially within like football stuff like that but like class is permanent yeah 100 like, yeah. like uh, someone with his level of class and his, le- his level of musicianship like music runs through him yes like 100 percent. like and it's like the joy with which he exudes stuff like on songs like isn't she lovely and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. like very like evocatively emotional wonderful songs he's like an absolute legend shout out stevie man shout out stevie shout out stevie go on then your turn okay uh (laughs) i'm still kind of toing and froing between a number of different albums on my list because they all hold different things and it's really i feel like one just because i listen to them so much it has to feature and that is disclosure because i talked about it in the first one of like yeah my brother saying, you only really listen to one Disclosure album. And it's like, well, yeah, because it was good. Disclosure are great. Uh, so this was the, I guess, like the second album, I believe. Because they had Settle, which was really, really good. They had uh, songs like Latch, yeah. songs like um, When a Fire Starts to Burn, when White Noise. When a Fire Starts to Burn. Help Me Lose My Mind as well with London Grammar. I also considered London Grammar's first album, but I like them to a point, but then I've listened to like their following albums. Yeah. I think you talked about it with another artist as well, where it's like, uh, it might have been Loyal Karna, where sounds, they like they have a the niche same. and they just stick to it. Yeah. Like that first album, because I was just being introduced to it, I was like, wow, this is so cool. And like, there's a similar feeling, but there's enough or just enough difference to yeah. it. And then I listened to like their following albums and was like, oh, this is just the same again with different words same, and different same, chords. Different, yeah. Nice. I wasn't like as, as convinced by it. But mm-hmm. away from that, Disclosure, Carousel, I really like it just because, and I feel like tying back to this whole Desert Island malarkey, I feel like there should be one album where you have like a bit of a bop. They can't yeah. all be like sad and deep. A lot of them were like very kind of. We talk about like music, like creating like a world or an atmosphere or an escape. Yeah. Like there's so many on my list that basically do all of that. So I was like, yeah. I probably need something different, and I can't <laughs> just get all like sad and deep and basically feel like I'm high through music. Yeah. I should try something else. So, I thought of this album, and there's just so many good songs and Disclosure themselves, I really enjoyed for a number of years, the way in which they produce uh, their music, their features on this album are really, really good like to name, what, there's 11 tracks on the original listing but I would I would cheat in sorts and include the deluxe edition which has, uh, which has uh, three more tracks if I'm allowed You're that. allowed that. You're allowed Wonderful, that. thank you. Um, but the features on this, like, you open with The weekend. Yeah. Which is a really good start. Then you've got like Omen with Sam Smith, Holding On with Gregory Porter. Oh, Gregory Porter. You fantastic. got Lion Babe, Quabs, Lord, Miguel, Neo, Jordan Rakai, Brendan Riley. Like, mm. just they do so well with the features. And I feel like, especially for 
I'd say for people like Lord, a lot of people really like magnets. And mm. I can understand why, because it really, like, what I found really good about this album is how for each of the ones that have features, they're able to just keep their style, but also adapt it to the Ch- features. Chameleons voice. almost. They yeah, yeah, chameleons. That's a that's a really good way of putting it. Like, so, I mean, like, Disclosure and Sam Smith just have this, like, connection. somehow wonderful connection on pretty much every song they do. Yeah. And it's fantastic. I think probably because of Sam Smith's, like, range hmm. versus, like, Disclosure's, like, instrumentation is just really, really good. Yeah. But yeah, songs like Magnets, just... Yeah, like very Sam Smith as well. The fact that they're they they were on the collab in the first album and then they came back on the collab in the second album as well. Yeah. Like like a bit of like like continuity as well. Mm. And like they're obviously like very, and also to come back after an album like Settle, which yeah. has so many bangers, mm-hmm. and to like be like, Oh well let's do it again and like let's try and we've set a bar and now let's try and push the boat out type of thing. Like it's very like it's almost like they 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 know what worked in the first album and then trying to develop it it's like yeah. a sign of kind of some some forward thinking almost no absolutely i think part of it probably as well was because latch did so well so i feel like it was yeah. just a smart money move to bring sam smith back like, oh yeah what i think Sattle was 20 2013 and i feel like at that time that kind of like sam smith was kind of building with other things like what la 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 and Oh you know I'm God. not the only one. Yeah, you remember that with, uh, uh, is it Noisy Boy? Am I wrong in thinking Naughty that? Boy? Naughty Boy, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. They were just building their profile at that point. Yeah, yeah, so it's kind of, yeah, I guess kind of coming full circle that this is now like two, three years later, they've built themselves respectively in their own different worlds and then yeah. they're able to kind of like loop back and yeah. be like, hey, remember you? Like we helped each other like build ourselves so let's do a song to almost celebrate that yeah yeah and i think omen is definitely yeah like a a really good way to kind of honor that that time definitely uh i thought i had more to say on it but it's basically just like good kind of dance vibes because it's disclosure they're able to even at points capture like really good emotions i'd argue in some of this like uh moving mountains is really good for that and Afterthought, both on the on the deluxe edition. Uh, the thing about um, Disclosure as well is, like, this music was made to be played live. Yes. Like, I saw them at Reading in, like, 2016, and it was absolutely incredible. Like, I feel like they are born DJs, born live set guys. Yeah, And yeah. they make all of this because they know, like, oh, when we drop this <laughs> at a festival... Yeah, yeah, it's going to do gonna well. Work. Yeah, it's going to work 100%. And it makes sense why they're, like, if you look at, I know we were loosely talking about, like, the Grammys and stuff previous. Mm-hmm. Um, they Loosely? In- we were argu- I was arguing <laughs> about it. <laughs> no, no, that's true, that's true. Um, when we were on about, for this year's Grammys as well, they were in a really, like, hotly contested... It's the, like, da- it's the dance one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, if I pull up the, the nominees that were there... Katrinada won it, didn't he? Yes. Katrinada won both. Oh, yeah, he did. In that section, which I was like... The 10%. But, like, 10% was really, really good. I, That was basically one of my, I think, top songs mm. of, that, uh, of, of last year, most certainly. Uh, yes, here it is. So you had, like, for the albums, you had Catronada, Disclosure, Bauer, Madion, and Arca. 
like I hadn't heard of Arca, but she's yeah, Arca should definitely Ar- Arca. Arca's got some like really weird stuff, but I also kind of rate it like it would have been fantastic if she'd won, but mm. uh, who like and for the actual recording as well, you had like Diplo, you had Disclosure, you had Flume, you had Catronada, you had Jada G. Yeah, like those were really kind of difficult stacked. Compa- yeah, stacked. I'd argue it was the most difficult one in terms of like actually choosing someone i don't know if i would have gone with kate renard i liked the album but a lot of people didn't so i didn't know which way they were gonna go who didn't like why didn't people like bubba man it's a great album they just thought it didn't go anywhere nah we've we had this conversation we've had this conversation conversation, i disagree with that kate renard is it's not about it's not about going somewhere almost. It's about being where you are right now. It's and enjoying, enjoying where you are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a really nice way to put it. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, uh, f- favorite tune. Back to off you. of it. Oh, uh, yes, I need to pick a favorite me, yeah. tune. Uh, ooh. I'd say. Hmm. It's it's tough. Like Omen is really good with Sam Smith. I can't lie. Magnus mm. is also very good with Lord, but. I would probably say Nocturnal with The Weeknd. Because once again, Chameleons. They're yeah. able to suit The Weeknd's voice so well. And that is the opening track. So it sets like a really good precedent for the rest of the album when you've got like a six-minute banger with The Weeknd. Yeah. Like, I imagine I don't know necessarily about too much about their live performances, but I imagine if The Weeknd came in and did that song live, it would just go so well. It'd be crazy. Yeah. Like, it's not... Nece- I don't think it was necessarily, like, a mega hit, like mm. some of the other stuff was. But I think just because it was the opener and the bar that it set for the rest of the album, just can't fault it. Yeah. Really, really good. Fantastic. Lovely. Back to you, sir, for your uh, for your final choice. My final choice. Wow. Is the, yeah, this is... Yeah, I'll, 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 I think three is all right. Yeah. This is my... This is um, 2014 classic Freddie Gibbs and Madlib Pinata. Okay. Um, one of the best rap albums of the decade. Mm. I think that's like ob- objective. Like, I was listening at this point when it came out. I was listening to. A, I was really getting into like Slum Village and like, kind of in, get, having like a my first foray into 90s hip hop and stuff. Like listening to Most Def and Mob Deep and. Biggie and Pac and all that sort of stuff, like mm-hmm. all of them, and like especially like Tribal Quest and oh, stuff, yeah. and like that sort of kind of sample-driven, like r- all about the bars, like really kind of cool rap yeah. stuff, like everyone was kind of doing in the nineties. People like Big Pun and all that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like when this came along, I'd already been listening to a bit of Madlib, like um, oh, what's that Blue Note album he does? I can't remember, but like. So I, I kind of knew about him, but I didn't really know anything about Freddie Gibbs. And like this album is ridiculous, man. Like every single track, uh, the, uh, I have tracks that I prefer more than others, but like the features all bang. The Madlib sampling on it is absolutely insane. Like the, the samples that he uses on this album and the way in which he uses them, like the production quality is like stellar. If it was just like just the instrumentals of which there is an instrumental version of it it's still insane mm. and then having freddie freddie's that cocaine freddie cocaine like gangster his voice carry his voice hits you like a truck and like it is just like powerful powerful bars 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 and he's the coolest guy around 
And like, I feel like this really kind of set the tone as well for Freddie when you look at like the, um, oh my God, uh, the, al- the album that just got nominated for uh, uh, Alfredo, that, the, his album that just got nominated for Best New Rap Album, which it should have won. Mm. Um, and the way in which he, on these beats, he's just so comfortable and he's the coolest man around. He's absolutely hilarious. And his that they've done since since they've done Pinata, they've got Bandana as well, which I think they released in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Um and that that again is like an absolutely insane album. The the mix of Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib's production is ridiculous and like this album is just a testament to it. And it really was kind of like, Oh my god, like for for me being like I would have been what, fifteen or fourteen when this came out, like mm. it really just like blew my mind. And I listen yeah. I, I listened to it for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Well, the rest of the year, I still listen to it now. Like, it's absolutely insane. It's such a good album. Trust. I really like going. Ch- if anyone hasn't listened to this album, go and check it out. It's ridiculous. I haven't personally, so I will definitely be checking out after. Uh, it's after, really, after really good. Record this. Do you have a favorite track on this album? <sighs> oh, there's three that spring to mind. Okay. But. What were the three? So. Shitsville, Thuggin, and Shame. Shame because Shame is like, it starts off, it's got a BJ the Chicago Kid feature and it's a lot more mellow, mm-hmm. a lot more chill. And like, it's really, really nice. Shitsville is great, but I think the first track that I heard of this album was Thuggin. Okay. And like, the sample is crazy. Like, and it just drives, man. It's so yeah. good. It's black and red, laces on my number threes. Dun, 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 <laughs> and let them motherfucker. Like, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, I think that's like the standout tune for me off this album. But they're all like within their own right. They're all fantastic. But yeah, Thuggin is probably my favorite one. Definitely. I, w- I will be listening yeah. to uh, to Thuggin later. <laughs> so that's me. Okay. You got your last one to do. Yeah, I'm going to see. I'm just going to mention all like the other albums briefly that I had on my list. And then I'm going to pick, hopefully, between all that. So, in the honorable mentions I'm going to put, I had um, God's Favorite Customer by Father John Misty. Mm -hmm. That was a really good album that came out, uh, I think, a few years ago now. It was kind of an album that me and my friend, uh, who was a master's student, Callum, we listened to a lot. And it's very, like, in your feels. There's some very just kind of, like, deep songs on there, like... um, song i think it's the songwriter if i pull up the the soundtrack uh, the the track list but it's just so like raw and powerful stuff that he produces and he's got some really other good ones like i went to the store one day yeah. is about like it's the story of how he and his wife met oh like just both being in the store and it like talks about their entire life together it's almost it's really sad at the end yeah but the way in which he just writes his stuff is beautiful. So there's some really good stuff on that. Uh, there was also Punisher by Phoebe Bridges. Mm-hmm. That's very much just like a lot of these, like good I was album. saying, were just kind of like A, a good album, but B, well, of course, because I picked it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but B, because of the space in which it cre- like, creates. So things like that, things like Random Access Memories by Daft Punk. Yeah. Really, really good. I know a lot of people like the 90s and early 2000s stuff. Mm-hmm. I, just because of when I was born, I kind of got introduced to Random Access Memories. And there's some really good songs on there, really good features, yeah. all of that. Um, Daniel Caesar's Case Study 01 
also really really good uh it which, was which is is that the one with the oh no that's i was thinking about frontal lobe music yeah yeah um I, th I don't know if that one's on there actually i think you might be right that's the second one isn't it uh well because he had freudian on there as well if i look through his albums uh yeah he had freudian in 2017 and then case study one in 2019 i think you are right with that that's a great album yeah yeah frontal lobe music is on yeah. there um restore the feeling because it also has jacob collier on it my favorite yeah. um shout out jacob collier and winning some yeah. grammys again <laughs> like entropy cyanide love again cyanide is insane the, really the really coffee good. remix is really is like, i haven't heard the coffee remix the coffee remix is arguably better than the original oh i'd say yeah Damn. she's insane it's it's all really really good stuff mm. um there's a plethora of others like ICU by the XX. Uh, I even liked Making Mirrors, the Gautier album, if you remember Gautier. Was that? Somebody that I used to know. Didn't have to carry up. That yeah, one, of yeah. I, I think, again, I was one of the like, I don't know, 10 people that actually listened to the rest of the album. It's really <laughs> good. Like, again, weird, but good. Like, there's a number of good tracks on there. Points of nostalgia for me, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but to pick. Like, I was torn between two, but actually, I'm, I'm now at the point where I'm going to talk about my final one. We've, I've waffled enough. Right. It was between The Colour in Anything by James Blake and Ooh. Blonde by Frank Ocean. Very good albums, both. And it's great because both, I believe, had involvements in each other's album. Or were kind of, because yeah. they were released around a similar time, I think. They were both 2016. They've worked together. They worked together a lot before as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they like helped. I think write songs for one another as well. Yeah. And like Frank Ocean did part of his uh, recording in Abbey Road, so I imagine yeah. there might have been some connection through that. Mm -hmm. So even now, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still torn. I feel like I don't know. Blonde is really, really good. Blonde's a classic. Blonde, I feel like it's one of those like you need to listen to it before you die kind of like yeah albums because there's just so much on it. I know there's argue I think it's his best album. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. I didn't really listen too much to Endless just because it was a visual album and I wasn't it's a bit of a throwaway. It was a bit of a throwaway and that was the whole record label shenanigans. Yeah. Uh Channel Orange, there are some good ones on there, but I just wasn't like totally enamored like i really like pyramids mm. but it's also a nine minute song mm. it's quite a lot hey don't be don't be so gen z harry <laughs> don't be so gen z why is it not two minutes my short Jesus. attention span can't why isn't it on tiktok ah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it must be somewhere i yeah, mean there probably. is a nine minute song on blonde it's um futura free oh free? futura free yeah, yeah. With, the, with the kendrick and tupac Oh, no, yes. that's not true. That's uh, not right. No, there's no Kendrick and Tupac on this. Sorry, one. I'm thinking of Mortal Man. Um, ah. But there are some really good ones on here, like Nike. Well, Nike's, I think, was the first one that came out. Like, the video. The first single, yeah. Yeah. And, like, the pitched voice was, like, really odd, but also just the way in which it drives and stuff is fantastic. Pink and White's really good mm -hmm. because it has Beyonce on it. Like, yeah. Just kind of nicely. What's the one with Young Lean on it? Um self-control yeah that was i was trying to work it out because i couldn't see it on the list i was like where's young lead and then i was like that's my favorite one because self-control is so good yeah. that 
uh, his cover of Close to You yeah. as even, well. Even like Facebook story. Facebook stories, <laughs> yeah, kind of jokes. Uh, white Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to ask you to help me pronounce this one. Is it like Sieg? Siegfried. That's how you say it. That one's really good as well. Again, yeah. to like capture the space. Yeah. Love that. But as much as I love all of those, I'm probably going to have to say James Blake. Just because I feel like at the time, like both came out at around a similar time and I both really enjoyed the albums at the time. But I don't know. I feel like this one just kind of like hit slightly differently in a way. Just It's quite haunting. It is haunting because there are some very like what I found the most interesting about it was many of the songs sound unfinished when you listen to them I don't know how much you've dabbled in this particular album I used to love this album oh like, put, um, points and radio silence and put that away and talk to me it used to be like my big bangers oh yeah there's some there's some good choices yeah. Uh, yeah it was just A I kind of liked him because of him being really good at piano yeah. and at this kind of time was the excuse me <coughs> Bless you. the time thank you uh the time where i was also learning piano yeah so i was kind of like oh you can do so much with piano that's really cool and it like inspired me to keep going yeah so part of it was that but also just yeah his instrumentation like i was watching some of his stuff like live this morning like he had lying glastonbury with this album yeah or was at least like one of the sort of main acts in the evening i don't know if he was like headliner headliner but just like yeah he's just so good yeah he has such a specific way of making music and the music that he makes you know it's james blake Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's almost kind of threadbare like especially like the first the self-titled album like the stuff like the wilhelm scream on it and all that sort of stuff like Mm -hmm. that sort of like way of working you can see instead of forming him now as he evolves yeah yeah i i definitely get that and even on like uh what is it overgrown yeah i believe stuff like that i wasn't that enamored with assume form the one he did uh two years ago because it was like a lot of people characterized him and you can kind of agree with it as like a sad boy and ah, what's wrong with that yeah i mean there is nothing wrong with that yeah. but he then like i mean kudos to him he fell in love and is in a relationship with jamila jamila Jamil. Jamil, yeah yeah done very well for himself yeah. and he wrote an album basically all about her and the love and stuff is that what assume forms about yeah oh really that's why it's so different crazy i i, I really like it i like, I like it in parts like there are some really good features on there the one with rosalia that oh, Beverly in the park, yeah. Yeah, she's in, she's incredible. She's so so good. I can. I, I like the Travis Scott one as well. Uh, Mile High. Yeah, that's good. I did that a lot in first year. Uh, yeah, like there are some good songs on there, but I don't know. It's just feeling wise, it felt very weird. Yeah. Like, Lullaby for My Insomniacs, a really good one to end on. Yeah. The one featuring Andre Three Thousand. Yeah, where's the catch? It kind of feels like it's almost unsettling, like with the beat. Yeah, and then you bring in Andre Three Thousand, and it's like, oh, okay, this is kind of groovy now. Like, yeah. this is good. Um, so it shows the 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 connections he has now, where yes. he can he can bring in someone like Rosalia, who's mm-hmm. who's kind of who was up and coming at the time, and obviously she's a, a lot bigger now. And yep. then you do someone of the new school like Travis, mm-hmm. and then you have someone from the old school like Andre Three Thousand who will come on your album. 
yeah yeah and like he's worked with all of them a lot before and all that sort of stuff like the reach he has yeah and especially the stuff he's done more recently like what he was on i believe he was on lemonade uh the beyonce album he produced he a bit of it didn't he yes uh i think he featured on one of the songs as well oh, did he? there was also i think he was part of the black panther soundtrack he did yeah. king's dead yeah with like a few which also won a grammy because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that's, that's that's the that, bar that's, yes that's absolutely like, that he's Grammys now validated now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um no this particular album to finally get back onto it just yeah the way in which it's unfinished but you can kind of understand where things are going mm. and the feelings like from what was being created is just fantastic and yeah you can argue that some maybe like go on for a bit towards the end but i feel like when i've seen his stuff like i was very unfortunate to miss out on seeing him live but i feel like if you were to see him live there's these kind of points at the end where they'd be almost transitions into the next song or like you've listened to the song here's just kind of like the closing bit it's kind of like I, when you can like do stuff on like Spotify or Apple Music where you can have it on like overlay yeah, so yeah. that as when your song is coming towards the end like another song comes in kind of gives that feeling I don't know if that's it you did it. that with Overgrown as well when I saw mm. him live like I feel like he makes albums in order to be listened to in an entirety yes and in order to like the songs kind of he creates a mood and a sound mm. and then creates songs out of that mood and that sound yes. rather than creating songs that are like necessarily separate Mm-hmm. I feel like you could say that about all of his albums as well. Yeah, yeah, they most all, certainly. They all kind of fit in together. Mm-hmm. Like, all songs on the album, definitely. Especially yeah, most this certainly. one. No, but there's just, there's just so many good ones. And yeah, like, pick a tune. Pick a tune. Oh, dear. <laughs> it was bad enough to pick an album. Now you're yeah. asking to pick a tune. Um, oh, it's tough because there's so many good ones. I, hmm. I, I really like I Need a Forest Fire. Yeah. Because it features Justin Vernon, which is, well, Bonnie Vare, which is really, really good. Yeah. Seeing him do that live as well, like from what I'd seen, yeah. also really cool. Uh, so that's got to be up there. But I feel like the one that resonated with me the most is Forever. Because yeah. it's the one that doesn't have insane amounts of production and goes in weird directions it is like raw james blake yeah him and the piano like the chords and stuff he uses like his vocals are just fantastic yeah like there was i think he's done a few different like covers and stuff through covid and lockdown yeah he did a covers album yeah he did um like godspeed yeah by frank ocean a lot of people and I'd be kind of inclined to agree like it's hard to choose which is better yeah because like yes they are the same song but the way in which they're done is just different different enough different that oh it's just it's just too good I'm like fangirling over James <laughs> Blake now I'm sorry rightfully so but forever it's not a long song so my short attention span loves it <laughs> uh yeah for the for the pianist in me I really like just the feel it produces and when you compare it to the rest of the album it is beautiful i don't know if you can argue if it's like out of place it's not out of place for his style but maybe when you listen to the rest it seems a bit like there's all this like funky production and 
there's like these weird beats and stuff that's like slightly off tempo but you then have this in there which really just like i don't know it feels like almost a precursor to assumed form like his kind of raw emotion although there is this kind of raw emotion elsewhere i feel like yeah this is just the kind of lead into that years on who knows but it's just beautiful (laughs) really really beautiful that's my pick what a way to finish what a way to finish um in our classic tradition did you have uh, putting you on the spot here god i was was (laughs) kind of of just gonna like leave the songs that i had um I guess you could recommend those. I don't know if you had any like additional ones. Los the- Poyos Hermanos by Nux. Ooh. Okay. R- tell me more about uh, um, it. Is, about it is. It is. It's like a minute and a half. It's by Nux. He's from South. He's great. Mm-hmm. I don't, actually, is he from South? I don't think so. But like, um, it's just the the beat, the sample that he uses is a sample of Choro by Antonio Carlos Jovic. Did I recommend this last week? No, you recommend uh, German rap last week. Oh, I did, I did, I did. Yeah, it's 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 like the sample is Choro by Antonio Carlos Jobim, and I love Brazilian music. Mm-hmm. So like, when I, he- I, he- I heard the sample start, and I was like, oh my God, I recognize this. I went and found the sample. Yeah, and like, yeah. the fact that he used this as a sample, like the beat is crazy, and like, Nux is just this mo- one of the smoothest rappers out right now. So like, yeah, Los Ooh. Poyos Hermanos by Nux with a K. Nux with a K. Yeah. Well, it sounds wonderful. What about you? Uh, I have gone with, uh, normally I've gone with a lot of like party songs. I've kind of noticed that. Uh, I think it's just because it's like, here's stuff on my playlist that I listen to and I really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, so with this one, it's maybe a bit, it still has like a, a, a lo-fi beat to it <laughs> in, in quotation marks. But We've, we've got him. <laughs> we've got him. <laughs> but it's really, really good. It's off um, his most recent album, which came out only, I think, a few months ago. Uh, it's by a guy called Mac Ayres, and it's the song, I think it's the opening song on it, called Sunny in 62. Mm-hmm. Really, really just chill. I think I do really like his music. Part of me does get a little bit sick of the repetitiveness, but I feel like there's enough variety in what he does yeah. that you can get away with it. Like He's very talented and can play multiple different instruments. The vibe that's created on this is just very, like, laid back it's kind of almost weird that it's an opener but Mm -hmm. it very much sets a tone again like um uh, nocturnal with the weekend for carousel like it just sets a precedent for the rest of the album yeah there are also really good other ones on there like nothing else is really good where you going tonight is like a a party one i'd say but sunny in 62 is a party it's a party it's a party everyone loves a party just trust it's on your own currently in COVID, which is, is not the... Yeah, don't have parties. Cause it's <laughs> yeah, really don't have parties. Party. In the summer, maybe, get your vaccine and figure it out. But <laughs> not now. Stay stay home stay and stay safe. Exactly. All stay right. alert. Control the virus. Control the virus. <laughs> all, all of that. Good well, old Boris. And wish us luck here, because we're probably going to go back into a lockdown this yeah, weekend. Yeah, I've, I've been seeing stuff with that on the news. It's either like a weekend lockdown or it's a full-on lockdown, but schools stay open. I can't be asked with this government, but that's another episode. <laughs> anyway, um, we will have music in government as maybe a yeah, trust. Another one. Anyway, yeah, all right. Uh, thanks, Harry. Well, thank you, Jack. It was um, a wonderful insight into your uh, yeah. musical history and discography. I, I loved hearing that. Yeah, definitely. And, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, thank you very much. What? <laughs>